Caring for Creation, and Climate Justice on Being Encouraged with Indiana Area Bishop Julius Tremble on episode number 49 of the United Methodist People podcast with Reverend Dr. Brad Miller. No one argues whether or not we should love God and love neighbor. But if we truly love neighbor, Brad, then should we not also love all neighborhoods, all places in the planet where God's creation uh, exists and lives? And if that's the case, and I believe it is the case, then uh, climate stewardship and addressing the climate crisis is an opportunity. Welcome to the United Methodist People podcast with Reverend Dr. Brad Miller. Brad believes that strengthening the connection in the United Methodist Church is essential to accomplishing the mission of making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. The United Methodist People podcast helps clergy and church leaders connect with key insights, hear inspiring stories, and learn from the people making a difference in the United Methodist Church through conversation and commentary. And now... Here's Brad. Hello, good people, and welcome to the United Methodist People podcast with Reverend Dr. Brad Miller, episode number 49, where we are have our ongoing segment with Bishop Julius Treble called Be Encouraged. Today, we're talking about care for creation and climate justice. You can always head on over to unitedmethodistpodcast.com for a back catalog of our many episodes of our podcast, which speak to many issues impacting the United Methodist Church in such a time as this, and many of our ongoing series of episodes will be encouraged with Bishop Julius Tremble. You can always go there and get a free gift as well, and we encourage you to follow us on iTunes and on the other podcast directories. If you like what you hear, share it with others, please. Today, Bishop Tremble is going to speak to us on his ongoing, ongoing series called Be Encouraged about climate change and about climate justice. We're going to learn a couple of things. We're going to learn a little bit what the United Methodist Church says about this in our book of discipline and our social principles. We're going to learn a little bit what some of the factors are that uh, the bishop and many others are learning about what is happening in our world right now as we look at the weather patterns and many other uh, disasters that happen in the environment. We're going to learn about that kind of stuff. And then we're going to feel the impact that makes on individuals and on local churches and what we are about. We're going to feel the passion that the bishop has for this, and I do too as well, about how this is an existential problem that everybody has no choice but to deal with it. When you come back on the other side of the interview, I'm going to talk about a few of the practical implications, the things that we can do as individual Christians, as United Methodist members, and as local churches to take action on the matters of caring for creation and climate justice. This is an important episode. I hope you will take it to heart as we have a conversation with Bishop Julius Tremble on Be Encouraged with Bishop Tremble here on the United Methodist People podcast. Let's get into our conversation with Bishop Tremble right now. We're talking with Bishop Julius Tremble of the Indiana area. We call these segments Be Encouraged with Bishop Tremble. 
And today we're talking with Bishop Trimble about something he cares deeply about. I do as well, and I know that many of you do as well, and that is care of creation, having to do with climate, the climate change that's happening in our world, and climate justice. Bishop, welcome to the podcast, and let's talk a little bit about our world, our environment. Thank you, Brad. Looking forward to it, and hopefully we can uh, encourage others to uh, ramp up their concern about God's creation and, and climate stewardship. Well, recently, I know that you've been doing some study and there's been some uh, conversations in our denomination, both of and among official bodies and in local churches and among a lot of concerned people about the environment. And certainly we've seen evidence of that in our world with uh, you know hurricanes and fires and extreme temperatures and just all kinds of crazy things that have happened in the weather. What do you learn? What what kind of things are going on in your mind that you'd like to share with our listeners about uh, climate justice? Well, one of the things I, I, I learned recently was, uh, Brad, that July of 2021 was the hottest month recorded in over 100 years, virtually almost everywhere across the globe. North America, South America, many of the countries across the globe uh, recorded the hottest month that they had recorded in years. We already know, too, that there have been record fires, uh, not only in the United States, but in Australia and Brazil and other places, famine, droughts, uh, hurricanes, and repeated flooding in numerous places, much of which, uh, according to scientists and the United Nations, is, is related to climate change. I'm no climate scientist, so let me say that at the outset, but I've heard from some climate researchers and climate scientists, and I do know that humans can make a difference in terms of uh, not only uh, our carbon footprint, but on addressing this, what some are calling an existential crisis for humanity. Well, indeed it is. And I think the evidence is really pretty clear and pretty much in our face. It's not really disputable anymore. And most people in the scientific community would not dispute that this is a fact and reality, you just have to do, you just have to be in, understand the weather a little bit to see, to see that. But what, has there been anything that really got your attention recently that either, either happened to you or that happened in the world that you said, okay, this is really real. And we as a church have to respond to that. Well, yeah, I live in Indiana and I, and I, and, and when it was recorded that we had had the hottest month, I said, wait a minute, it seems like every community that I've lived in in the last 15 years is experiencing unusual weather extremes. Uh, so we, we lived in Iowa for eight years and there were multiple floodings. And all, people often refer to the 100 year flood or, or, or uh, uh, record year of hurricanes or, I mean, or tornadoes, only to find out that this is happening more, uh, more frequently. And in fact, the scientists are saying that the what we can count on is more frequent extreme weather experiences. And so as I've experienced that in places that where my family lives across the country and across the globe, I also recognize this is right, as you said, right in our face. It's not like we can ignore it. Even though we as a church, the United Methodist Church and many Christian uh, churches and uh, other faith traditions have spoken out around God's creation and our responsibility to care for God's creation. 
it seems as though we have not consistently pushed for public policy nations to come together, as well as those of us, our contributors to to climate change, to do something about it. What do you think the uh, What do you think are some of the theological biblical principles that we need to be thinking about here, in terms of creation care and what we are uh, talking about here when uh, the environmental impact of this. Let's talk about the Bible and about theology a little bit in, in, in terms of this. What's your thoughts? Well, when I think, I always think of the Psalms, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and all who dwell therein. If we, if we, we have been entrusted as stewards of creation uh, and from the creation stories, you know, we were given to be not only rulers and, but have dominion over the earth. And I think the translation, the proper translation is caregivers for that which God has created. So when we see clean waters, we should be responsible for maintaining those waters to be clean that all might be able uh, to have their thirst quenched. So theologically, I think if we see God as creator uh, and uh, redeemer and sustainer, then we should also be responsible for that which we have been given responsibility for. There's no reason for any of us who are believers to not be participating uh, creation care, the language that some would use. Yeah, I think I, for me, Bishop, it goes, I think you get uh, really fundamental and basic about uh, the beginnings of the Bible. I'm talking about the book of Genesis. God made the heaven and the earth, and indeed it was good. And uh, it was good. It was a good thing. And sometimes what we do as people, and myself included, do things that are bad for the environment, destructive. What we as a church need to speak to that. What's going on in our denomination or in our churches that is speaking to this issue? I know we have a, a, a environmental justice as a part of our church and society uh, world as, as a denomination. What are some of the things we're doing as a church to speak to this issue? Well, we, we have claimed without apology uh, as part of our uh, general conference and our social principles, we placed it in our book of discipline under our uh, social principles, global climate stewardship. Uh, so we acknowledge, I'm reading from our book of discipline, United Methodist Church, we acknowledge the global impact of humanity's disregard for God's creation. Rampant industrialization and the corresponding increase in the use of fossil fuels have led to buildup of pollutants in the Earth's atmosphere. What are called greenhouse gas emissions threaten to alter dramatically the Earth's climate, we see that happening, for generations to come with severe environment, economic, and social implications. The adverse impacts of global climate change disproportionately affect individuals and nations least responsible for the emissions. So once again, it's the least and the poorest that often bear the brunt of, of, of climate uh, destruction. We therefore support efforts, meaning we, meaning the United Methodist Church, support efforts of all governments to require mandatory reductions in greenhouse gas emissions. And we call on individuals. This is where we have to be both repentant and responsible individuals, congregations, businesses, industries to reduce uh, their emissions. 
or to put it simply, to reduce the harm that we as individuals and as institutions and organizations do to the planet. Well, and that's a prof- some profound statements there that we've made in the social principles. Well, let's uh, make it uh, even more so, more uh, micro, I guess. That's kind of macro. Let's go for the micro. What can we do and what have you heard doing in local churches or in uh, with individuals who are making a difference? So what are kind of things can we do or maybe you've heard are being done? I think we can we can as a local local congregations annual conferences we can encourage ourselves to to uh, uh, to participate in things that will reduce uh, our carbon footprint and make a commitment to net zero emissions embrace actions that will actually save energy and produce better habits for example we have automobiles that are used by conference staff, all of which are hybrids. So they're 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 gas and battery driven. Uh, elect- we haven't gone completely, but I, I would imagine probably the bishop that follows me at some point, we may only have electric vehicles. We're, we've multiplied our usage in part because of the global pandemic, the use of technology uh, rather than meeting, driving all over the state, bringing people together for meetings, uh, utilizing Zoom web platforms in order for us to reduce our carbon footprint that way. I'm not suggesting that we should not come together and experience true community, but I think that there are better ways for us to model better behavior as it relates to climate stewardship. I think one of the places we can learn a lesson here, Bishop, see what you think, is from some of our younger people. I think they've really modeled for us a real concern for the existential crisis, as you said, that this is, and they're not going to put up with it anymore. They're going to do something about it. And it's impacted me, my own, I have a son who is an architectural student in sustaining ecologically viable uh, buildings. And uh, he's a graduate student at uh, the University of Oregon right now, real proud of him. He's taught me a lot about, you know, he, he gets after me when I use a styrofoam cup, for instance, I'll give you one just example. Uh, and even uh, he's encouraged me that uh, the next car that uh, my wife and I buy, which is probably going to almost certainly going to be an electric car, and we'll probably do that. In fact, I'm going to meet with a, one of my uh, college uh, buddies now has a car dealership over in Ohio, and I'm going to go be with him. I'm going to have him school me on electric cars. What do you think we are learning from young people or from people who are experts in the environment that can help us uh, in the church to kind of adjust our ways, to repent and adjust and to reflect. I think we're learning that doing nothing is unacceptable. There's a group called uh, the Climate Justice for All. It's a, a group, of, group of young people who really driving a movement with the World Methodist Council. Uh, it's a youth-led campaign called Climate Justice for All. You can go to that website. And they're based, they basically said that Methodists, because there's so many of us across the globe really have an opportunity make a major impact as it relates to climate action and there's no excuse for us not be for us not to be if not leading the pack certainly joining along with governments as well as uh congregations reducing our carbon footprint well continue to think green don't we we've got to think about what gives life and vitality. And if we mess up our environment, that's not going to do that. 
We are known and we, we have the, the constant theme of being encouraged, that you'd like to be encouraged. And some of what we've been talking about here today is it's just a bit uh, daunting, maybe even a little bit discouraging. But what do you think is the encouraging word that we can have moving forward in regards to this issue? And then maybe we can wrap it up with a kind of a prayer for the uh, prayer for the world, the environment here in just a moment. Climate stewardship is directly related to love of God and love of neighbor. No one argues whether or not we should love God and love neighbor. But if we truly love neighbor, Brad, then should we not also love all neighborhoods, all places in the planet where God's creation uh, exists and lives? And if that's the case, and I believe it is the case, then uh, climate stewardship and addressing the climate crisis is an opportunity. So no crisis should go wasted. It's an opportunity for us to demonstrate love of God, who is the creator of the good earth and love of neighbor, particularly those who are who are probably the most vulnerable. Many people who are have become refugees because of famine, uh, drought caused by climate, uh, persons who are displaced because of pollutants uh, in the earth, places even in the Midwest. Uh, Brad, where we don't have clean drinking water, there's lead, lead polluted water. These are all things that are not uh, hypothetical. They're real. I'm encouraged because a lot of the, the, the voices that are consistently saying this is our time to do something are younger voices. And uh, as an older voice, I want to join right with them and say that our God is big enough We don't have to do all things, but each one of us can do something. So I encourage those who are listening to this podcast, uh, do a little research on climate change, climate crisis, climate stewardship, and ask God to direct you what what is your part, what is your assignment in this movement. And I'll be glad to join along with you as we care for God's great creation the earth that we've been blessed to live upon. You mentioned resources. I'll just point out uh, that young people is a resource. I'll just point out that our United Methodist Church does have some resources in this area at umcjustice.org. And that's one of many places that you, you can go. Bishop, I'd like to ask you, if you don't mind, let's have a prayer. Can you pray for our, our environment, our world, our creation, especially in terms of how we relate to it as a church? You mind having a prayer with us, please? Absolutely. The earth is the Lord's and all that is in it, the world and those who live in it. For God has founded it on the seas and established it on the rivers. Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord? Who shall stand in his holy place? Those who have clean hands and pure hearts. Oh God, we pray that you would bless us to be a blessing. Give us the strength and wherewithal not only to love you, God, but to love neighbor and to love creation. We give thanks for the trees and for the birds that sing, for the water, for the fish that swims in the water. We give thanks for all that is produced, life-giving food and air. Help us, O God, to be faithful stewards of this great earth. Help us to do our part. We may think it's small, But we know, O God, with you, all things are possible. Bless us to be a blessing. Amen. Amen. And thank you for that word of encouragement and connecting with our environment. 
Our guest today on the United Methodist People podcast is the person that helps us to be encouraged, Bishop Julius Trimp. Thanks so much to Bishop Julius Trimble on our Be Encouraged segment, where he shared his heart and his mind and his passion for the matters of climate justice and care for creation. We said when we came back from the interview that we would talk about some of the things we learned from uh, from Bishop Trimble about what we can do about this in our local churches and as individual United Methodist Christians. Just a few takeaways. What are some of the actions that you can do regarding climate injustice and about care for creation? One of them has to do with modes of transportation. Uh, Hybrid cars is the way a lot of folks are going, and more and more people are looking at electric vehicles. And I just want to encourage you to do that. I'm doing that myself. I'm looking at my next vehicle being an electric vehicle. And you can that's one way to reduce fossil fuel as you make those decisions and even encourage that in your local churches. We can conserve energy. You know the deal. Turn off the lights. Uh, use Reduce air conditioner use. Think green. Act green. We know how to do this. It is a matter of implementing it and the will to do it. We can also contact our, uh, our, local, our local and our national and our statewide officials regarding the global crisis. Tell them that it's real, that they, they know it's real, but uh, emphasize that you care as individuals and as a church, and support uh, efforts for clean energy and reducing emissions and the other things which can uh, help our country and our world adapt to the situation here and to deal with this struggling and changing environment that we have and to create a, a world for for our uh, future for our future generations. And that's the most important thing, I think, is our present young people who are speaking into our lives right now and telling us this is an issue that is not an option. We have to deal with this, and this is what we are about, and uh, we have to listen to some of those young people and what they can can, can teach us. One of the places that uh, Bishop uh, uh, made us aware of is an organization uh, called the Climate Justice for All, which is part of the World Methodist uh, Council.org, and they have a mission, and they are basically young people, is a climate-focused, youth-led global campaign which looks to mobilize the Methodist family on issues of climate justice. We'll put a link to that organization in our show notes at unitedmethodistpodcast.com. That's where you can go to find a back catalog of many uh, episodes on the United Methodist People podcast, which speak to issues that face the United Methodist Church, all kinds of issues. You know that we have our, our issues to face these days, and we're trying to do that in a helpful way at the United Methodist People podcast to help strengthen the connection through conversation and commentary. We hope that you'll join us on a weekly basis when we come together to have these conversations. Often we will have Bishop Julius Trumbull with us on our Be Encouraged segments, and we look forward to sharing more about how that's going to be expanded in the future, that uh, part of our uh, part of our uh, sharing of our podcast. So thank you for being with us. My name is Reverend Dr. Brad Miller, a local church pastor, seeking to help you to strengthen the connection through conversation and commentary and to encourage you to follow the pathway of John Wesley to do all the good you can by all the means you can and all the ways that you can and all the places that you can at all the times that you can 
to all the people you can as long as ever you can. Blessings upon you. Until next time, God bless. Thanks so much for listening to the United Methodist People podcast with Reverend Dr. Brad Miller. You can continue the conversation and commentary about strengthening the connection in the United Methodist Church to accomplish our mission of making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. Visit the United Methodist People podcast on the web at unitedmethodistpodcast.com and connect at facebook.com slash unitedmethodistpodcast. And always do all the good you can.